actress Katherine Heigl, a passionate animal advocate who has saved over 16,000 dogs, says she's been seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. She believes there's a link between canine health and diet. After extensive research, she developed Superfood Complete, a dog food pack with over 30 wholesome ingredients, including superfoods beneficial for your furry friend. Superfood Complete isn't just about deliciousness, though dogs love the taste. It's about supporting overall well-being. In addition to providing a healthy option for your pet, Badlands Ranch, the maker of Superfood Complete, also supports the Jason DeBus Heigl Foundation, which helps rescue countless dogs and find them loving homes. Dogs across America are trying this food and loving it. Go to BadlandsRanch.com MC901 and order right now to get up to 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to BadlandsRanch.com MC901 today. Hey y'all, it's Brandon here with Music City 911. Gonna play another episode tonight, and I'm gonna actually have a guest on the show too. We'll get on to that later. We're gonna go ahead and start off with a call. This might be a little emotional episode, but we'll get through it. Hope everybody stays tuned and listen in. Nine one one. What's the address of your emergency? Hi, one three one three Esther Drive, Boulder City, Nevada. Okay, and what phone number are you calling from? Two five nine eight nine seven nine. And what's the problem? Tell me exactly what happened. Uh, my name is Hans Walters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I work for Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department. Uh, I just shot and killed my son Max and my wife Michelle, and I killed her because. She's in such chronic pain from her neck and back and on more medicines and she's not going to survive. And we were both seeing a therapist and psychologist in Boulder City. His name is Jay Summers. And uh, I feel terrible for doing it. Okay, and you... Okay, you... Like, out. Please don't, please don't interrupt me, please. Okay. Uh, I, uh, I also set the house on fire, and if the fire department comes to my house, because there's a fire hydrant right in front of my house, uh, I'm going to open fire on them. So I have to wait till the house is burning, and then I'm going to shoot myself, okay? So okay, I don't, sir? I don't ask me any questions. This is, this is real. This isn't a joke. The fire alarm's in the background is because I set the garage and the bedroom on fire. My wife's in the bedroom. I shot her in the head. My son, unfortunately, is in the living room watching Oswald, and I shot him in the head, too. And, uh, oh, forgive me for my sins. Please don't call back. Thank you. That call was from Boulder City, Nevada. Obviously, he said he was a police officer with the Las Vegas Police Department. 
He was actually a lieutenant. His wife, Michelle, was also a police officer for a while. She suffered from chronic back and neck pain. And I guess that the officer decided to alleviate the pain, or that's what he thought anyway. Talked on the show before about people calling a suicide in. This is exactly what happened with this thing here. He said exactly what he was going to do. He gave the address. He didn't want anybody to talk. There was no talking about of it. He was going to do this, and that's what he did. Police department showed up, and as soon as they showed up to the front door of his house, he walked back inside and turned the gun on himself, and it killed him. Get into further details about the call here in just a second. But before we get into the details of the call, I'm going to go ahead and bring in our guest for the evening. So this is someone I've worked with for a pretty long while. I'll let her go into the details about her own career, what she does, all that kind of stuff. So I'll go ahead and let the guest for tonight, Jennifer, introduce herself and uh, tell us a little bit about what you, what kind of career you've had, where you've worked, the length of time you've been there, all that kind of good stuff. So Jennifer, go ahead and take it away on your end. Okay. Hello, guys. My name is Jennifer. I've worked with Brandon, I guess, about 18 years because I've been there 18 years. I didn't know you've been here that long. Yeah, 18 years in April. Um, I started dispatching back in 2003. I worked on the floor for 12 years, uh, dispatching and call taking. And then I got a position in the quality assurance department. And now I research phone calls um, for DAs, police department, uh, media, I research all those calls for them. So I guess I'm considered the custodian of records. I uh, also go to court to authenticate the phone calls, um, and that's what I do now. So Jennifer, as someone who actually listens to reviews calls, kind of like what we just listened to, what's your take on this? Like, if you were sitting down, if you were this call taker, if you were the dispatcher in this this call that was taking the call, do you think there's anything else she could have done in this? You know, I really don't. She really tried to get the information and uh, to talk to him about what was going on, and he would always just continue to interrupt her and yeah. please don't call him back. Um, so I don't think there's much anything else she could have done. Yeah. The, one of the things I've, I've mentioned several times on the show is that people who are going to kill themselves, on, like they call up, they're going to do it. You're not going to be able to talk them out of it. That's exactly what happened with this guy here. We've talked about on this show numerous times. If they want to kill themselves, you you can't do anything at all about it. It's just gonna it's gonna happen. No matter what you say to them. Yeah, you can try. You can you can try to say anything you want to, or interrupt them, or you know, I I don't know. With something like this, you could try to I guess interrupt, but it wouldn't it wouldn't make any difference. He's gonna do it. I don't think it would have done any good. She did the best she could with with the information she had and the fact that he just he wouldn't let her talk yeah it's uh it's just one of those hard situations and it's uh, unfortunate it's one of those things that us dispatchers we have to deal with all the time i won't say all the time but i'd say in the time i've been there i'll get not a murder suicide type thing like this but you'll get uh, someone who kills himself on the phone with you i'd say every year or two something like that at least and it's, it's more often than what you think. Yeah. yeah it, it, suicidal people in general, people who are kind of feeling suicidal, you'll talk to somebody like that once a week or so. 
but someone who actually goes through and does it on the phone with you or they just hang up the phone directly after like this guy did that doesn't happen nearly as often but it does happen getting back to this call though there was you know a few things that happened uh, as we heard in the call it, it wasn't really too much past what it, it really was he did exactly what he said he unfortunately killed his wife and his son uh from everything that we've looked into about the call it seems that his wife had a ongoing problem with not only the back pain and the the neck pain apparently she may have been abusing the pain medicines that's from the police report it's kind of a I don't know, not necessarily something that's absolutely true, but it seems like from their interviews with neighbors and such like that, that maybe that was what happened, that the wife was doing that. She was having trouble with that. The child dying in this, he was just there. That's all it was. He saw what happened. From the reports, it looks like he shot his wife right above the eyebrow and the forehead. And then the gun, he took it and shot his five-year-old son, whose name is Max, in the back of the head he walked out on the front porch after setting the house on fire and waited for the police to show up tried to wave them off as they pulled up and then as soon as he saw that they were there walked back inside turned a gun on himself and pulled the trigger swat was called to the scene and they did go in they went in to try to find the the boy first they moved into the house they pulled him out he was obviously deceased and uh they found the rest, but they had to turn around and exit the building because the fire was so bad at that point. Fire department had to be called in to battle the blaze. And this was premeditated. It said in the report that uh, within a week of doing this, he was giving things away to other people from his desk. So he had thought about this. This wasn't a just like all of a sudden did this. He was planning this. On the dispatch end of that, we don't really have any of that information when it comes up. We just get the call like we heard there. This dispatcher probably didn't know this person at all, didn't know this officer. I don't know, maybe you've talked to him a time or two on the phone or the radio or something. Probably not since it was a different jurisdiction, but it's possible. But wouldn't know him from anybody else. So this was just random. We we wouldn't have known any of the, the pre-done stuff, any of the giving away of stuff, or if he had any previous suicidal thoughts or anything like that but past that we're actually going to kind of roll on and get on to the next call this one is another kind of shorter call and ends up being an officer involved shooting afterwards so i'll go ahead and play the call and we'll talk about it here afterwards and tell me that one more time to make sure i do have it correct We have somebody out in our trailer. He's got a gun. Do you know who it is? No, I don't. Has he threatened you with a gun or anything? No, he's in our camp trailer right here. Okay. What's the phone number for you in case we're disconnected? Can you tell me what race this person is? No, I have no idea. Okay. Is it a camping trailer? Yes, it is. Is it parked in the front of the home or behind the home? 
It's in front of the home, in the driveway, right, right in front of the home. Did you get a look at the person? No. How do you know he has a gun? Uh, my husband saw it, and we could hear it. Hear it? Did he shoot it off? Yeah, he did. I'm on the phone with the police now. My alarm's going off. And he hasn't shot anybody with the gun yet. He just shut off around. Yes. We heard that's what woke us up. It's him shooting. Okay. How long has he been in your trailer? Uh, just a few minutes. How many shots did he fire? Two. Were they in the air, do you know? I have no idea. Did they sound like they hit anything? Um, I have no way of knowing. That's okay. Okay. Hey, they're shooting into my trailer right now. They're shooting? Who's shooting? Or they're, they're shooting against. That guy's shooting right now. There goes two. Two more. Stay right here. Can you tell who's shooting or if they're shooting at each other? What? Are they shooting at each other or is only one person shooting? I have no I have no idea. I just heard two shots. And your husband is still inside, correct? My husband's inside. Okay. I just need to make make sure you guys remain both inside. We're both inside the house. So what we got from that is this person just shows up at this trailer and it's random. They don't know who this person is, and he starts shooting. Uh, no telling. I'm not exactly sure what, if I was that person inside, what I would do. Well, no, I know what I'd do. I'd shoot back, but, um, yeah. <laughs> but past that, yeah, it's just a really weird situation. I, you just don't have some random-ass person come over and start shooting outside of your home. So that's that's pretty weird. But from there, we actually go um, from the call to the dash cam video, and I'll play the audio from that. I'll have a link to the video um, in the show notes. But we'll go ahead and play that and kind of see what happens from there. And directly after that, we'll replay it, but from the body cam, um, the body-worn camera. We'll play the audio from that. It's a little bit clearer. So that was the dash cam audio from there. I'll switch on the body cam, the body worn camera and the audio is a little bit, uh, better on it from the video end of it. You can see a guy that's just kind of almost skipping when he comes out and he's holding a gun. And as he's skipping along halfway jogging towards the officers, he draws the gun up and points it at him. That's when the shots ring out. Yeah. 
Sheriff's office! Everyone inside the trailer, come outside! Come out with your hands up! I don't see anybody from here. There's one coming between the trailers. Come out with your hands up! Step out with your hands up! Hands up! Drop the gun! Drop the gun! Drop the gun! Weaver 148 shots fired, one nail down. So as I said before, this guy, he's coming between two trailers. You can see his feet in the video, and then when he pops out, it's a kind of overweight dude with no shirt on, wearing just gym shorts and some shoes. And he just kind of trots out in a half jog. Almost like I said, it's almost like looks like it was skipping. And he gets a few feet away from the, the trailer and pulls the gun up, points it at the officer, and they obviously unload on him. They should have. Uh, just a weird, weird thing. Jennifer, to me, it was justifiable. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's no question about that at all. I mean, you see the video, it's very quick. And there's, you know, unfortunately, this is another one of those we don't have very much info on. No, and they gave him ample opportunity to drop the gun. He just never, never did. He just continued to run at them full speed. Yeah. Well, I say full speed. Well, he, he as might full been, as he can. Yeah, I was going to say his full speed for this guy. He, he had a little bit of extra baggage, so it might not have been the best for him but uh and i hate to laugh on something like this but i mean it was it's you look at it it's it's almost comical the way he comes out like i said it it looks like he's skipping almost like a half jog type thing like it's all a joke or something but then as soon as he pulls that gun up he goes to a different realm i mean it, it looks real at this point it doesn't look like some sort of a joke they did tell him to put the gun down several times he didn't do it and he paid the price for it the only info we really have on this is that the suspect, whose name is Cody Hadley, he was having some family issues, likely strung out on meth, and had a gun on him. Meth and guns are not a very good combination at all. So that's really about all I can say about that one. We're going to move into something a little bit more personal. This is a call that you actually placed, you and your father. Me and my father, yes. My father called. 911 first and then when I got there I took over the phone call 911 what's the address of your emergency 2117 Antioch Tennessee okay and just repeat that to make sure I have it correct 2117 Antioch Tennessee okay spell it for me one more time Gotcha. Okay. And is that a house, apartment, or duplex? It's a house. What's the phone number you're calling from? I, I, I'm sorry. I, can't, I didn't hear. What's the phone number you're calling from? Uh, All right. What is your name? Okay. Tell me exactly what happened, Albert. Pardon? Just tell me exactly what happened. Uh, we've got a young man that uh, was installing a a console or a game console, and he just he just killed over into the floor, and he's kind of stiffened up, and he's making some noises, and and he's not conscious. Okay, how old is he? He's twenty six. 
Okay, is he awake? No. Is he breathing? Yes. Okay. Is his breathing completely normal? I don't know. What was that a call? Did you say yes or no? Wait a minute. Uh, wait a minute. Is his breathing normal? Is his breathing normal? He's breathing normal. And is he still unconscious? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hang on. Hey, this is Jennifer and this is my son. Go ahead with your next question. Is he still unconscious? Uh, he's, uh... He's not alert at all. His eyes are open, but he's not alert at all. He's not uh, responding at all. Okay. Turn the TV off. Okay, is he changing color? Uh, no, but he's very clammy. He's really clammy. He's really sweaty. Okay. Who is this? This is 911. I've got the ambulance on the way. I know that. This is Jennifer. Who is this? I'm, I'm in QA. I'm sorry? Who is this? Oh, I'm in QA. This is Jennifer Howard. Oh, hey, Brad. Okay. Oh, okay. Next does question. He, does he have a history of heart problems? No. All right. I have no history of heart help. problems. Okay. I am sending the paramedics to help you now. Just stand in line. I'll tell you exactly what to do next. If there's a defib defibrillator available, just send someone to get it now in case we need it later. Okay. And just okay, go ahead. Just keep reading. I know, I know you got to read to me. I got you. Just reserve helps on the way. From now on, don't let him have anything to eat or drink because it might make him sick or cause further problems. Just let him rest in the most comfortable position and wait for help to arrive. And I'm going to stay on the line with you as long as I can. Oh, I'm watching very God, okay. for any changes. Okay. And if it becomes worse, start getting worse, tell me immediately. Okay. He's still the same. Oh, yeah. He's still not alert, not responding? Huh? No, he's not responding. Are his eyes still open? Uh, his eyes are rolled back in his head. He's blinking when you talk to him, but he's not responding. He's having a little trouble breathing. And I can't get him on his back or anything. He just, he won't go on his back. Okay. Yeah, 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 that's all right. I'm just staying on the phone with him till I get here. All right, I'm still here with you. And here, stay on the phone. Hey, I'm passing it over to his wife. Hold on. Just stay on the phone with him. All right, I'll, I'm just going to stay on the phone with you till they get right with him, okay? He's still doing about the same? Yes. Okay, just let me know if anything changes with him. They're coming lights and sirens to you guys, okay? Okay. He came in here with acting just fine. How's he doing now? Same. Okay.
I'm still here with you, okay? You guys gotta go. Go. I don't want to see any of it. Go. Yeah. I don't think he got electrocuted. No, no. I don't know. I wasn't in here. I was in the room. Did anybody see what happened to him? I promise you, I would tell you if he was doing something. I think they're on. I think they're here. I don't know. Let me check. Just let me know when they're right with him. Okay. No, they're not here yet. <sighs> Any change in them? No. There soon. It may just take them a second to grab all their gear and stuff once they get there. Yeah. It looks terrible. <sighs> yeah, here they come. They're coming. Yeah. They're here. Okay. I'll go ahead and let you go then, okay? They're here. Okay, thank you. So, we just listened to the call. Kind of take us back through what was going on, what you walked into, what was, just kind of what happened. Okay. Um, Well, uh, he lives with my parents, which live directly across the street from me. Um, and my youngest son was over there. This this is my oldest son that I we called 911 on. So my youngest son was over there. And he come running home just yelling, screaming, where is everybody? So I come running out of my bedroom going, you know, what's wrong? And he said, he's passed out. So I took off running across the street and I walked in and I asked my daddy I was like what happened he said I think he's been electrocuted he had come home from work and he was putting um, the PlayStation 4 hooking it in to the living room TV so he could sit and play just all of a sudden just passed completely out but when I walked in and saw him I knew that he had not been electrocuted I I knew what happened um and what happened was he had overdosed. Um, I didn't know on what yet, um, I, but I knew it was an overdose just by looking at him. And he was on his side. He was on his um, left side in the fetal position. And I told my daddy, I'm like, look, just give me, give me the phone. I, I know these people... I work there. I know what they're going to ask. I know what to expect in the phone call, and I know how to answer them to the best of my ability. So I took over the phone call, and um, 
And I just kept asking, you know, who is this? I wanted to know who I was talking to. Um, and he told me who, who he was talking to. And I didn't know him well. I knew who he was. I didn't know him well because at this time, I wasn't working on the floor anymore. I was working in quality assurance. So I didn't know him very well. But I, I knew who he was. And I knew he was a really nice guy. And he was doing a really good job. Um, so I kept trying to get him on his back. And one of the things we talk about when we do medical calls is get them on their back. Get them on their back. Well, I know how difficult that can be because my son was so clenched up. His muscles were so tight. I could not get him on his back. His lips were turning blue. Um, he was barely breathing. And I knew I should have started some type of CPR because he was that bad. So I passed the phone call along to his wife um, and let her sit on the phone while they, uh, the paramedics were en route. So they got there, and it actually took three firemen to get him onto his back. He was so tightly clenched. Um, and I heard one of the firemen say he's only breathing eight times a minute. My son was only breathing eight times a minute. So then they asked me, could he have taken anything? And I remember saying I wouldn't put it past him. But I wasn't 100% sure. I was 99% sure, but I was still having that 1% of hope that it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. So they gave him a dose of Narcan. And I went back across the street to change clothes because I was going to follow the ambulance to the hospital. But by the time I changed clothes and come back out, my son was standing in the front yard going, what happened? Just like nothing, just like, what happened, Mom? And I was so mad at him. I wanted to hit him so bad, but I just grabbed a hold of him, and I hugged him, and I hugged him tight. And that was the night I found out my son is addicted to heroin. It took him a while to admit what he had taken. Um, we had to explain to him what the only thing Narcan is used for before he would even admit that he did anything. So that night was probably the worst night of my life. Uh, my son was 26 then. He is now 30. Uh, he is a recovering heroin addict. Um, I'm hoping I haven't saw him high in a very, very long time. He's going through personal issues, and I'm, I'm really hoping that, that he stays sober. Uh, he's got a little boy uh, my three-year-old grandson, and uh, I'm just really proud of him now because he went through so much, and uh, he seems to be recovering very well. Well, I'm very glad that he is uh, doing a lot better now. It sounds like if he's been clean that long and you haven't seen him high like that, then I really do hope, hope that that's the case. Now, was that your first time you've ever had to call 911 for anything at all? That is actually the first time I've ever had to call 911 for something uh, personal for me. I have, um, my daddy has since passed away. Uh, he passed away three years ago. Um, and I've had to call 911 for my mother, who um, she'll get very sick at times. So I've had, had to call 911 since then, but that was my very first time ever having to call 911 for something. I've called 911 a few times, but uh, luckily nothing directly related to me. It's always been. You know, like me rolling up on a wreck or you know something along that lines 
well i'll take that back i, I guess i did have to call on one when pulled a gun on that guy but you know past that yeah. yeah um so the next day when i went to work i um found the guy that had answered the phone because you know i had asked who it was i just wanted to know who who was i talking to so i found him and i had never spoken to him before um maybe passed in the hallway and stuff but i i walked up to him and i i told him i said that was me last night um and i told him what had happened to my son because at the time nobody said anything about an overdose on the phone call my daddy thought he was electrocuted he had, he was unconscious so but nobody said anything about an overdose but i told the call taker and i said i just i just want you to know i appreciate you uh how nice you were to my dad before he knew it was me on the phone Mm -hmm. um how polite he was on the phone how caring he sounded on the phone and i just wanted him to know that my son had overdosed so i told him that uh, it was an overdose and he stood up out of his seat and he gave me a huge hug and Mm -hmm. that just really really meant a lot to me just his actions because you never know who you're talking to you don't know if you're talking to a stranger. You don't know if you're talking to your best friend. Exactly. And it's he was absolutely wonderful. And the other thing is, it's it's kind of funny. I uh, was leaving work one day, and my youngest son, who at the time was about ten, I guess he's twelve now, but I think he was about ten. He called me and he said the alarm had gone off at our house um, for no reason, and he was home alone. Mm-hmm. So I called nine one one for that because I'm I'm trying to get home in the middle of three o'clock traffic, and I called and I asked who is this, and it was that same call taker. So I called in my nine one one call taker or my my nine one one person. So he he answered both those both calls. phone calls for me. He had <laughs> answered and he did a great job on both of them. Yeah, that's pretty funny that you he'd get both of them like that. And as I said, it, he has been on our show a couple times. Uh, Brett, y'all remember from a, a couple of the episodes uh he's you know been with us for a while he really enjoys the job and he's he's very good at it too he is very good he's very good at it well i think with all that that'll probably wrap up the episode for the night from music city 911 tonight i'm brandon with jennifer hope you'll have a good one